the difference between peace and experience, or between nirvana, nirvikalpa samadhi, and savikalpa samadhi. So nirvikalpa means without experience, without relation to the world. Savikalpa is with experience. So um, uh, you could also think of it as the difference between, say, ecstasy and bliss. Ecstasy being something that is very exciting and dramatic and with a great experience, and bliss being something very, very peaceful and quiet. So um, the, the great experiences that the, are talked about as the height of spiritual um, development, such as nirvana and moksha, um, they're very, very, very peaceful. And they're very kind of, they're not strong experiences. They're not something that you can um, describe, and they're not something very exciting. They're something very, very ordinary and peaceful and quiet. Um, whereas the, the savikalpa, the ecstasy, is something that's very exciting and dramatic and amazing. Um, and there is some benefit to exploring the exciting, dramatic, amazing experiences first because uh, they're very obvious and palpable and, and they really convince you that something's going on. Um, later on, many people find that, they, that these experiences are too strong and not, not peaceful enough and they look for the more peaceful experiences. But if you jump to the really peaceful experiences, some people kind of don't ever notice that anything's actually happening. And then uh, they're, they're not satisfied with the, the, their search for something really cool and dramatic. Um, so it's often, though people might talk about nirvana and talk about looking for ultimate peace and and connectedness and the full infinite infinite experience often people are actually looking at first for a for a more strong experience of ecstasy um, and these experiences there are other there's a whole series of experiences, actually, types of experience one can have that are more or less close to the ordinary waking world. So if we are in a very intelligent, intellectual, thinking about things kind of state, it's difficult to notice the, what's going on in the heart and the emotions and the, the subtle experiences. Um, we can kind of have some sort of interest, some sort of excitement. So they can have exciting experiences um, and, and interested experiences. So spirituality at that point, the point when your mind is very active, is, is something very interesting to study and learn about. Um, but if the mind can be quieted a bit, then we start to be able to get to spirituality in another form, which is insight 
um, where your intuition opens up and you go, wow, this is really cool. I can, I suddenly got an answer to this question that I was looking for, or this kind of miraculous events are turning up, or um, I have this uh, creative inspiration for these beautiful things, or maybe in my meditation I'm seeing these amazing visions and getting these amazing, um, you know, cool stuff. I remember one stage doing a meditation where I felt like I was spinning around in circles, and I thought that was really cool, and I went up to the teacher and told him all about it, and he was like, completely uninterested because he was working at a deeper level and to him uh, a cool experience wasn't really something very exciting so to move on from the cool experience if you drop that interest in experience you start to get more of an interest in a peaceful contented compassionate kind of feeling um, so, so the, the reason that this is interesting is that it's very stable. So up till, till now, the experiences have been sort of things that come and go. If you have like a, an interest in, in the spirituality and there's some really interesting things and maybe some answers or whatever. Um, or if you have these insights and amazing experiences, they're things that kind of fall on you at certain moments. And then at other moments they're not there, and it's not very stable. So beyond that we get a kind of sense of stability, of peace. Um, but it's only when you actually dive deep into that peace and kind of find the centre of that peace that you start to get the really ecstatic experience. This is where you get the amazing, joyous love of all beings, the sense of love of the universe. So universal, loving, profound, ecstatic experience. Um, this is the, the mystical experience that makes people seem a little bit mad because of its intensity. The people who are happy to dance in the streets and um, sit and meditate for hours and hours on the end because, wow, the experience is so profound. And it's also very stable. Um, unlike the cool experiences that we talked about earlier on that are kind of exciting but they're things that just fall on you moment to moment and they're different each time. They're also kind of more related to thought and experience of, of, of a visual or a... Um, there's some kind of sense, sensory element to it that is different to the ecstatic experience, which is more purely emotional experience. It's more an emotional experience of the, of the love. Um, so this ecstatic experience is something that, uh, it's so profound that people, once they have this experience, they can't, they can't deny the existence of, of the divine and they can't deny the existence of these amazing realms beyond beyond our ordinary reality where before that it kind of can you can kind of say well this is interesting i have some experiences but i but it's not so obvious and and undeniable um so this is this is very cool this mystical mystical experience it's something that you can explore and enjoy 
um, and and really takes you to and takes you beyond the mundane reality, very transcendental in a way. But again, it does have its limits, and there is at some point a desire to go beyond it. And when you go beyond that ecstatic transcendental experience, you get an experience of connectedness, of oneness, of all that is, in a way that is is much more peaceful and much more joyful without the profound, powerful emotion in it. It's much, much less emotional. You, you'll notice there's a kind of um, bipolar tendency here where one experience becomes very powerful and then people go to an experience that's much more gentle and then they swap back to another kind of powerful experience. So this is another one of the gentle experiences. Um, and this is one that leads much more to action. I was talking about this as the more the sadvipra or the bodhisattva approach of being connected to all of the world and all of the people in it and the beings in it and helping all. Um, and there's a joy in that helping and, and being there for others. If you do want to go beyond this, which presumably all beings eventually do when they evolve enough, that's where we get the true nirvana or, or moksha, which is like, it's nothing. There's actually a concept that you can't remember it. If you have an experience of, of nirvana, there's no experience. You just uh, have kind of a blank spot in your memory where nothing happened because um, there's nothing to hold on to. There's only an experience of emptiness. But what it does carry with it is a kind of joy, a kind of inner peace that is very, very profound. Um, for a while I was, I was exploring this, this realm. Um, but it's very impractical. It's not very easy to kind of get on with your work while you're doing it. Um, I spent about, about a month spending most of my day sitting in my armchair doing nothing. It was kind of meditation, but not a formal sitting up straight, breathing. Just sit in the armchair and don't do anything. Um, and at the end of the month, I had a very profound sense of peace. And people would kind of feel it around me. You know, some, I've heard, had people telling me about that. But what I noticed was that I would very kind of easily fall into this space of emptiness and joy. Um, but it would be, it would kind of like distract me from what I'm doing. So I'm, so I'm kind of trying to hammer nails into fix something on the wall and get distracted by this emptiness and not be able to get on with hammering the nails and then go, oh, hang on, back to the nails. Um, and so it's, a, so it's something that I, I don't do much anymore. But I think it's something that really it's, it's an experience of, it's a bit like dying really. 
It's a bit like moving out of this world and letting go and moving on to another world. So it's probably something that's more interesting at the end of one's life. Something that perhaps I'll get back into one day. Um, so there is this this direction of of development that we go through, um, and then if you have whatever levels of the consciousness, whatever experiences you've opened up to, it's possible to kind of play within those to to choose which one I'm going to do today. To say today I want to explore nirvana and tomorrow I'm going to get back into um, thinking about my life and being intellectual. It's possible to use all of them. So, so there, I, I kind of see them as tools, kind of open up all of these different possible ways of thinking, ways of experiencing the world, just choose which one I want to use at the moment. Um, so the point that I was trying to get to is uh, nirvana, the ultimate experience, is all very nice, but it's a difficult one to put your finger on and to jump into straight away. It may be worth going through the other stages, the other kind of areas of experience, the other levels of consciousness first, and and much easier. In fact, it possibly you possibly have to go through all of those levels. And and the other question is, how do you do it? How do you get to these deep levels of consciousness? And I think, essentially, all of those layers of consciousness, they're all happening now, all at the same time. It's just that we don't notice the ones that are deeper and gentler and subtler, because we're too busy with all of the, the other decoration on top, all of the other thoughts or experiences that are more strong and and take over our attention. And so essentially in order to move to these deeper states we just have to drop the higher ones, drop the more mundane states. Um, and so that process is, is a lot of what Buddhist awareness meditation is about. Of course, there are other there are other ways of doing this, and the yoga meditation focuses more on strengthening the deep consciousness states rather than dropping the um, mundane consciousness. But um, essentially, the result is much the same. I think that. We, we will need to discuss at some point all of the different ways that one can develop consciousness and all of the different styles and approaches. Um, but for now, let's say that the simple, obvious approach that works, that is easy to understand for the rational mind and is easy to, to do without much training or... or uh, um, master teacher nearby you to guide you is this um, awareness meditation. Um, that's not to say it's easy because it's, even though it's, 
it's straightforward. It does take quite a lot of practice to get through it. Um, the important thing is, in the awareness meditations, is to know that you are always looking for the something more complete, something more beyond. Um, so it often starts with breathing. Breathe and notice your breathing. So just breathing and noticing your breathing is a profound exercise. And some people talk about just breathing and noticing the breath in the nostrils. Or just noticing the breath in the belly. Now the noticing the breath in the nostrils or the belly is good. It's a good exercise to do. But to get to the profound, deeper realizations, you need to look at the whole of the breath. It's in the nostrils, yes. It's also in the belly. Where else is it? Feel it in the chest. You feel it all through your torso. The air you notice is coming further out of your body. And it's not just that it's in my torso that I'm feeling it. I'm kind of getting some sensations from the outside, some smells, some cold or warm air. And then it affects the whole way my, my body feels all over. There's a kind of tingling that happens every time you breathe the vitality of the air that's coming into you. And as you kind of notice all of these sensations, it brings you into deeper states of consciousness. And the same with the other exercises like noticing sounds. You can listen to the sounds. Notice all of the sounds. See if you can hear everything that's going on all around you. And the same with your thoughts. Notice your thoughts. But do you know, notice all of your thoughts? Do you notice the other layers of thoughts that you wouldn't think of as thoughts necessarily, but they're kind of a stream of consciousness that doesn't have words in it? So this attempt to notice all, not just one thing, so that expanded consciousness is what gives us the step from one layer of consciousness to the deeper and deeper layer of consciousness. So here's an exercise that's not easy, but is very profound. I um, hope you're not getting too much background noise. We're having the biggest storm in a hundred years in this town. Um, bridges have been washed away and there's um, floods all over the roads. It's quite dramatic. Okay, so I hope that is of some use and interest in terms of how we can get to the deeper states of consciousness and what these deeper states of consciousness are, and perhaps an understanding of what aspects of this spiritual path are actually really interesting to you. Go well. <laughs>